I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in. Um, Happy Monday. I am actually just recording this episode this morning, like right now. So it's going to go out late. Um, So sorry about that. I wasn't able to um, record alone uh, when I usually record. And so, so then I waited. So here we are. So let's jump right in. Um, I read this quote the other day and this really has nothing to do with this episode but I just liked what it said and um and so maybe you will so it says we are to be productive but the ideal way for that is to do it at a steady calm pace this is a mysterious sort of way it is keeping busy in an almost romantic way it is determined but tender it is cheerful and pleasant and produces lovely things in the heart and life and that's by Miss Sharon White for the love of Christian homemaking. I don't know if that's a book, but that is uh, what it references. And I was just thinking, you know, with me being home and uh, homeschooling and trying to take care of the laundry and do the uh, some of the cooking and um, just kind of keep up with things here. Sometimes being a homemaker, if you are one, sometimes it's easy to be discontent and feel like um, you're wanting to be more part of social things and outside the home and I'm not saying anything like that is wrong but I think sometimes I just have to make sure that I am intentional and focusing on you know doing the things that need to be done at home a lot of times I get busy and uh, pack stuff on my schedule and then you know you're rushing around to get dinner made or now you know you didn't have time to do all this laundry and you know I think once in a while things happen, uh, but you definitely don't want that to be a consistent issue because then, uh, you know, the responsibilities that you have aren't getting done. Um, and I think that's true anywhere you're at. If you're working a job or whatever it is, it's easy to be discontent. Um, it's easy to get yourself in a situation where you're rushing around and now you're all stressed out and you're gripey at everybody and, um, and things are falling off your plate. And then the next day you've got like mounds and mounds of more stuff to do. And so just the way that this kind of worded it, um, I was like, yeah, I, I like that. I think I'm going to try to, uh, be more intentional with that thought process. So, Man, you guys, I am not good at recording in the morning, uh, more so <laughs> uh, than I am in the evening. Are y'all that way where your brain just works better at night? Um, that is definitely me. I am more of a slow thinker in the morning. Of course, now that I'm older, it depends on what time at night, too, because I'm also extra tired. Maybe just tired. I'm a tired person. Okay, so I have been, uh, you know, continually reading through my Bible, um, having my time with the Lord, and um, and I might have said this already, but my 12-year-old uh, trying to establish him and his own quiet time in the Lord, and so usually in the morning we'll go and go in my prayer closet, and I will read what I have, uh, I don't know how. How, what am I saying? I will read where I'm at in the Bible to myself, like not out loud, and he will read where he's at in the Bible. So I think he's in Isaiah right now. And um, and I just finished 1 Samuel, and then we'll share with each other uh, what the Lord spoke to us or, you know, if we had any questions and kind of look more into that. And then uh, we'll pray um, for each other and for people. And so it's been a really sweet time. Um, and so I just finished reading 1 Samuel 
And I don't know if y'all ever heard of the word frenemies. I feel like everybody has. Um, basically, the idea is, you know, somebody's either kind of like pretending to be your friend or you're just kind of like, you know, mm -hmm, nice to see you, but you're like really rivals or enemies or, you know, whatever. And I really feel like, uh, you know, Saul and David, man, uh, not so much David, but Saul kind of had a love, hate, hate, hate relationship with David. And, um, and so there's just a lot of things that stuck out to me as I was reading in first Samuel. So I'm going to share all these things because there is a point to, um, all the things I'm going to read, obviously the Lord, uh, put it in the Bible. So there's always a point to it. Um, but I'm going to just share with you guys what I got from it, but there's kind of like a lot of verses to go through. So we'll see if we can fit it all in. Um, so if you have your Bible, uh, turn to first Samuel chapter one. So Hannah is Samuel's mama and, um, and Samuel's a prophet, but Hannah really had a hard time conceiving. Her womb was shut up and, you know, people were making fun of her. The other women were making fun of her and she just was going through a really t hard time full of anguish. And so chapter one, verses 13 through 15, it says, now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. That's her husband. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. I thought, man, when I read that, it's like, oh, I, mean, I don't know. Have y'all ever been through a hard time where you're just crying out to the Lord and it doesn't look pretty, you know, it doesn't look, uh, normal and you definitely don't look like you're in your right state of mind. Um, but you're just so broken in spirit. And I just think, you know, I don't know where you're at in your life right now, but, um, if you're going through one of those times, the best thing you can do is just to be vulnerable before the Lord and bring it to his feet, you know, cause if anybody can fix it, it's the Lord, right? And he wants you to come to him. I think a lot of times people just feel like they bother the Lord. Like he's too big to worry about their small things. And he's got more things to worry about. And he's just leaving it up to us. Hoping we just get it all figured out. But that's totally opposite. You know, God wants to be involved in every detail of your life. And um, if you read the book of Psalms, you know, how many times that David cried out to the Lord. And man, he sometimes said a lot of the same things over and over. And God wants us to come to him that way. Uh, just as we, you know, when our kids are really hurting and they're tore up inside. I mean, how, how many of you have teenagers that are just quiet, you know? I mean, I'm not, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're quiet. But, you know, if they're really bothered or upset by something, maybe that happened with a different relationship they have, you know, how wonderful would it be if they came and talked to us about it and opened up and um, we would want that because we love them and we care about them and God feels the same way about you moving on so the Lord he blessed her um, and he uh, gave her Samuel and she, you know she had told him like hey if if you give me a child, you know, I'm going to dedicate him to you and, you know, uh, devote his life to you. And so Samuel ended up being a prophet of the Lord. Um, and so if you look at, we're going to go to chapter 12, verses 23 through 24. It says, moreover, as for me, 
God forbid that I should sin against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. So he's talking to Israel and they wanted a king instead of the Lord. Uh, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things he hath done for you. Um, and I think that's a, you know, something to note is that God was their king. God was the ruler over them all. And then they just wanted to be like the other nations and are like, no, 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 we want a physical king too. And God's like, man, that's going to not be best for you. That's going to cause so many problems. And they're like, we don't care. We want what we want. And how much are we that way in our life about things? And we read what the Bible says and we say, but no, but no, I want this instead of what you're saying. I think it, my life's going to be happier this way. And God's like, no, I'm trying to let you know that's not best for you. And we're like, but we want what we want. And then later we kind of suffer the uh, consequences of what God was telling us what would happen in the first place because it wasn't best. Um, but I like where it has says, uh, Samuel says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider how great things he had done for you. Again, if I think we have an attitude of, oh my gosh, I did it. I didn't mean to do that dumb rhyme, the attitude of gratitude, <laughs> but I did it. Um, if we have an attitude of praise to the Lord and we're just making sure our eyes are open to all the blessings that he has, um, and then we constantly are reminded of all the wonderful things that God does for us day in and day out, you know, no matter what you're going through in life. I mean, your house could be in ashes because it's burned down and hey, you know, I'm sorry if, that, if that's happened. But if you just open your eyes and see that there are still blessings and gifts from the Lord, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what hard things that you're going through right now, there are still blessings. A lot of times we can only see um, the hard thing that is in front of us. And so um, if we go to chapter 13, verses 13 through 14. So this is Samuel, he's talking to Saul. Now Saul has been chosen to be king. And you know, seems like he started off good. Uh, but Samuel's letting him know like, hey, but also do not forget the, you know, what the Lord has for you and what his commandments are. Um, and Samuel took the time to make sure he knew those things and what they were. So he didn't have an excuse or anything. So uh, verses 13, it says, And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. So... Obviously, it's saying, hey, you're not going to be king anymore. You didn't listen. And so God's going to use somebody else, a man after his own heart, who is going to listen and obey um, and lead his his people, the Israelites, in the way of the Lord. Uh, why is God going to allow somebody to be in charge that's going to lead his people astray? And so that's something that we need to keep in mind too as we're stewards of our children or whoever is under us that what kind of leader are we what kind of example are we um, are we listening to the Lord and then in regards to um, Samuel going to see who God has picked out as the new king he's looking at all of David's brothers right he's got a lot of brothers that are a lot bigger and more handsome and stronger and charismatic than he is um, and so 
Samuel came to one of David's brothers and was like, okay, surely this is going to be the new king because he looks just like a king, you know. And so uh, chapter 16, verses 7, it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh, looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And again, that applies to how we see people as well. I think a lot of times, you know, if we're thinking somebody might be more worthy to do something than another person, but we're oftentimes judging by just what we see. And oftentimes we're not praying and asking God, you know, who would you have um, to help in this? Or what would be the right person for, for this area? God sees the heart. And I think a lot of times if we can look at the fruit of people's actions and what, you know, um, what's really inside instead of like what they look like and you know how I don't know how, how do you say not how they're fronting but you know <laughs> how do you say in like grown-up terms you know um, how they are representing themselves because we can all put out an image um, that we want for the most part but really it's the inside that matters and that's true so take time to look at that and then uh, verses 13 uh, chapter 16, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. I think that is really important to note right there, where it says, uh, When he anointed him, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. I'm not really sure if a lot of times we pay attention to these details, but this happened before he uh, fought Goliath, before David. David fought Goliath. And I'm assuming most of you guys know that story, right? Um, a lot of times we're like, look, God used a small man like David and the little shepherd boy and killed this huge giant warrior, you know, of the Philistines, like their best guy, killed him with a stone and in one shot. And that's true. God did use somebody small to uh, show God's power, right? But also, right before David fought Goliath, it says that the spirit of the Lord came upon David. So it wasn't obviously by David's strength, but it's because the spirit of the Lord was on him. And so how many times do we do things in our flesh um, versus relying on God's strength? And by his spirit, it's only his spirit that we're allowed, we're allowed, <laughs> we're allowed, we're able to do anything. Um, and so in chapter 18, verses five, so now like Saul is kind of getting notice of this guy, like who, who is this guy that just defeated, defeated the biggest warrior that, you know, has been mocking us like, okay, awesome. So verse five, it says, and David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. So I think that's something else to notice um, because you'll hear it repeated in some of the verses that I read where it says, uh, and talking about David behaved himself wisely. And then if you go down to verses 14 and chapter 18, it says, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. So again, it's noting that David has been behaving himself wisely. And I'm sure it's because the spirit of the Lord is on him and he is listening to God and obeying him. Um, all wisdom comes from God. And God says he gives wisdom liberally, like just ask for it. And I think that's important to the start of every day if we ask God for his wisdom. And then verses 28 through 30, it says, And Saul saw, and Saul saw, and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Michal, Saul's daughter, loved him. Uh -oh. um, and Saul was yet the more afraid of David, and Saul became David's enemy continually. 
Then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name was much set by. So if you start noticing here, you know, David's doing all these awesome things uh, because of the Lord, and he's, you know, behaving wisely because of the Lord and he's listening to the Lord and now Saul's getting jealous and Saul's like all right that was cool for a minute you know but then also I don't like the attention that you're getting you know my daughter loves you also and have you ever noticed like if you're in a situation and somebody's belittling you or gossiping about you or uh, you know just being unkind to you if you behave yourself wisely you usually don't look foolish to people <laughs> because you're not being foolish like the other side is and then the you know your enemy or whoever is causing issues usually ends up being the foolish one and then they get uh more angry at you so kind of from this point forward um Saul is wanting to kill David. He's <laughs> like, get out of my life. And also, I think he's realized, um, if not been told, that David is going to be the king and not Saul. And so David, and Saul's like, definitely have to kill you now. Um, and chapter 19, verse 4, this is Jonathan, one of Saul's sons, who is really becomes good friends with David. It says, And Jonathan spake good of David and of Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to the word very good. Um, KJV, I love you, but man, your words sometimes. Um, so he's trying to talk some sense into his father. David's got a good reputation right now. I mean, he's got victory in Jesus. <laughs> he's got victory in the Lord. He is, um, you know, being a valiant warrior. He's being wise in what he does. And so he's getting a good reputation amongst the people. Um, and Saul hates it, but Jonathan's like, come on, dad. Um, and then verse seven, it says, and Jonathan called David and, and Jonathan showed him all those things. And Jonathan brought David to Saul and he was in his presence as in times past. So before Saul had David come in his presence and he was playing the harp and, you know, soothing Saul's soul and, um, and anyway, so he keeps kind of like going back and forth, right? Uh, and I'm sure maybe some of it had to be pressure from other people. Um, I don't know that like Saul ever really reconciled with David at any point, like truly, you know, um, because he still had a root of bitterness in him. And then uh, it says in verses nine and 10, and the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence and he smote the javelin into the wall and David fled and escaped that night. Talking about a friend of me, um, he's like, hey, yeah, come play, play for me again. Let's hang out again. And he's like, and now I'm throwing stuff at you. Um, so something to note in um, when... King Saul was going to no longer be king and David was anointed and the spirit of the Lord went into David. The spirit of the Lord left Saul. And so then, you know, it also mentions in chapter 16 where um, an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. And so I think sometimes these questions, just like in um, chapter 19 that we're reading about and the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul. When you read stuff like that, you're like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? What do you, like God sends evil spirits? What? Uh, and so I think it is worth looking into. I think anytime you have questions, 
always look into it. Always um, seek out the Bible, seek out wise counsel, uh, because you want to get things straight. You don't want to go thinking things that aren't biblical, but sometimes we'll read things and be like, I don't know what you talk about. So I think this commentary was kind of good in explaining it. So it's uh, David Guzik, uh, G-U-Z-I-K, could be different pronunciation of his last name, but you know how I do. Uh, what he says is there are two senses in which God may send something. He may send something in the active sense, or he may send something in a passive sense. Actively, God never initiates or performs evil. He is the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Passively, God may withdraw the hand of his protection and therefore allow evil to come without being the source of the evil itself. Uh, so I think that is a good explanation of what was going on there. So it seemed right after that, uh, that God humbled Saul. Um, and, you know, I think for a minute, sometimes when we do something wrong, we have that window of opportunity to repent and kind of get humble about it or to get more puffed up and prideful. And I think it's important as soon as you do something wrong, uh, to realize like, oh, like, what am I doing? This is not who I am in the Lord, Lord, please forgive me, like humble yourself, but it's important to remain there. <laughs> um, because now if we look in chapter 20 verses, uh, just verse 33, it says, and Saul cast a javelin at him, uh, to smite him, whereby Jonathan knew that it was determined of his father to slay David. So Jonathan's delivering a message to Saul about why David's not at this feast. And David's like, look, just see if he's fine with you know you saying I'm going to go visit my hometown and all that you'll see he has peace about it um if he hates me and um is you know wants to kill me you'll you'll see that he will be very angry that you're telling him I'm not at the feast because I went to my hometown and so sure enough he's throwing stuff at his son uh, who's delivering that message he didn't stay humble for very long so chapter 24, verses 12 through 17, the Lord judge between me and thee and the Lord avenge me of thee, but my hand shall not be upon thee. So this is David talking to Saul because Saul has been pursuing David um, like, you know, just a golden trophy. Like he's, I'm going to kill you. You're not going to become king. And I hate your guts and everybody likes you. And people are singing better songs about you than me and how many more people have you killed and and so David's trying to talk to him over and over it goes. So verses 13, and saith the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand shall not be upon thee. After whom is the king of Israel come out? After whom dost thou pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? The Lord therefore be judge and judge between me and thee and see and plead my cause and deliver me out of thine hand. And it came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul that Saul said, is that this thy voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. And and he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. Oh, man, it's so interesting. You know, if we want to kind of take apart those verses a little bit. David is letting him know, like, I'm not trying to cause you any harm, even though you're the one running after me, you know. Um, and in your kingdom, I'm I'm just a little small speck of dirt. Like, this doesn't even make any sense. Um, and he's trying to let Saul know, like, I, even though... 
I could kill you if I wanted to. And there was a couple times that he had the opportunity to do that. He's like, I'm not going to lay a hand on you because the Lord is my judge and defender and the Lord will judge between us. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to actively take up for myself and do all these things. I think that's a good thing to know and remember. And then also what he said, uh, Say the proverb of the ancients, wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, but mine hand should not be upon thee. So if wickedness proceedeth from the wicked, if you are doing something wicked, oh, does that mean you're wicked, right? If you love the Lord, do the things that show the love of the Lord. If you follow the Bible, do the things that are from the Bible. If you're speaking truth, speak truth um, that is from the Bible. A lot of times we're doing an action, but we don't like that it actually tells what we are. You know, you have to be very conscious that your actions are going to speak exactly what's in your heart and who you are. So Saul, he's sitting here trying to throw things at people and um, be super jealous and kill David and, you know, do all these other things. And it, and it shows that Saul, yeah, you are wicked. You are uh, not following the Lord. You are in rebellion. And so obviously that's what your reputation is going to be as well. Um, and the Lord will judge you for these things. I know we are in a different uh, dispensation. So we have grace. If you've accepted Jesus as your savior to forgive your sins, that God is not going to judge your wickedness and send you to hell because he sees Jesus. But when we die, we will still be judged for our actions if we have been a good steward with what he's given us. And so it's not like we're going to go to hell. It's just that we're not going to get as many rewards in heaven. And that's biblical if y'all ever want to talk about that. Um, but obviously in King and, and King and <laughs> David and Saul's time, it was a little different. Um, and then, you know, you see at the end of those verses that Saul, you know, it's hearing the wisdom again from David, which again, the wisdom was from the Lord. David was just hearkening unto it. Um, then Saul's like, you know, repenting again. Oh, is that you? You're right. You're so much more righteous than me. I'm sorry. You know, and again, he might have really felt these things. And, you know, I think sometimes when we hear the truth of the Lord, somebody said something from the Bible, we might only be able to admit that, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That is absolutely right. Does that really mean that we're going to repent and change our life, even though we hear the truth of God and we admit that that's true? So, you know, a lot of times there's people who don't. I pray that you do. Um, and it's kind of sad you read the rest of First Samuel and you see that King Saul never really uh, quit trying to kill David. <laughs> And so, you know, and the Lord judged him and he and Saul ended up dying. Um, but I think that if, in, in my mind, I think that if Saul really did repent and really did start following the Lord and, um, and obeying the Lord, that even though he might have still not been king because God did pick David to be king, that, you know, God still would have used him in a good way. As you see so many times in the Bible when people um, and, you know, even the nation of Israel turn back to the Lord God instead of um, executing his judgment like he said he would you know he shows mercy when we humble ourselves and so again I think that's another thing to note so this was a very long Bible study on uh, first Samuel 
If you haven't read that book, I know a lot of times we shy away from Old Testament books, um, but they have just as much for us that help us in our walk with God and help us to understand God's character better and grow us closer to Him and still renews our mind, even though it's the Old Testament. Um, And so I encourage you to read that. um, And now onto the songs. So this is is a song that's just been out for a while, uh, but it's been in my head a lot this past week. And so it's My Lighthouse by Rend Collective. And it says, I won't fear what tomorrow brings. With each morning, I'll rise and sing. My God's love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. You are my light, my lighthouse, my lighthouse shining in the darkness. I will follow you, my lighthouse. I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore, safe to shore. And then this next song is Rock of Ages. It's an old hymn. And the version I'm going to add is by Brooks Ritter. Obviously, this is not the original person. That guy was like in the 1700s. Um, And this is for my mother. She loves this hymn, and it's got uh, some good lyrics. It is, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flowed be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin cannot atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. I'll link the podcast Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday.